Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world, and sometimes I feel spirit-led to talk on things that I believe the creator of the universe has put on my heart to talk with you about. I'm actually walking in nature right now. It's a very beautiful thing, so if you hear little little animal sounds in the background, those are real. That's no sound effects. Um, today's topic is all about love, romantic love. And this is not pre-planned. This is something that was just spoken into my heart. So we're just going to roll with it. If you stay all the way to the end to the episode, I'll make sure when I get access to Wi-Fi in my computer that um, I'll check the downloads for you to see where we're at in regards to our listening room competition. So romantic love. What was the first time you heard or you witnessed an example of romantic love? I think I was maybe five years old four or five, when I started being shaped through Disney. And I was, I think it was uh, The Little Mermaid that had come out first. And I went to see it with one of my mom's dear friends who's passed away, Rebecca. She didn't have any kids of her own. I was kind of like a pseudo niece to her. And I remembered whatever year that came out in the theaters, there was a movie theater we used to go to that was right down the street from the college I went to for my undergrad, Pacific Lutheran University. It's, it was smack dab on the corner of Pacific Avenue. It's now a drugstore, like a pharmacy store, like a Walgreens or CVS, one of those stores now, but it used to be a movie theater. And I remember going there and watching the movie and she taught me some sneaky little tricks. (laughs) She was always saving money everywhere. How to bring your own snacks in, (laughs) in your pockets. I know it's terrible, but, uh, she also had a special diet and she had a lot of allergies to things. Um, so she, I believe used that as her excuse to save money. Anyways, it was a fun time. But I remember in the movie, Little Mermaid, the romantic story of this this gal, right? This underwater beauty queen, right? This princess, Ariel. And all she wanted to do was be a human, right? And she meets Eric, and she's able to be human for a little bit. And that's what I thought my, when I first was learning about romantic love, right? That, oh, if I meet my prince, then that's what love is. He's going to rescue me from whatever situation I'm in, right? And that's what a lot of Disney movies are known for, right? We love them, right? Because they're, they've got good versus evil, darkness versus light. And it's, it's generally pretty kid-friendly. But one thing that we had learned in college in a rhetoric class, 
I learned the, about shaping and about, well, what is the meaning behind the meaning of romantic love? Is that really romantic love? And you might work at Disney listening to this, or you might know someone that works at Disney. No shame to Disney at all. Like, they are everywhere in pretty much every industry you can think of. I actually bought a puzzle not too long ago that's a Disney puzzle, and I'm going to put it up on my wall because um, if you didn't hear, back on August 18th, we, we hosted the second ever real entertainment therapy experience, and we had a top-level leader from Disney that was one of our edutainers. So I'm really honored and that's something that I'm gonna set up as an anchor, as a memory for myself, a reward if you will, a physical certificate if you will, uh, pseudo-like, because I created something out of nothing. The creator of the universe poured, inspired this idea through me and people stepped in to be a part of it. Now, when it comes to romance and shaping young girls, young boys, young children's minds, is that real love? I want to encourage you and challenge you to think beyond the power of brands today in this episode. And it's, it's not a judgment against a brand but it's like, let's think above, let's think to the next level. What does that look like? And the next, the next shaping, if you will, of romance, for me, um, I was blessed to be raised with two parents in the home. And not a lot of my friends grew up with both parents in the home. Uh, we were in a, a town that was right near a military, or well, two military bases, a base and a post, Army and Air Force. And so a lot of our friends were coming in or coming out if they were getting stationed. And then a lot of single parent families and whatnot, low income area for, for some, not for all. Uh, my parents, my dad was not in the military. He was a son of a veteran but he decided to do the traditional work route. And up until I turned 11, he was working outside of the home most of the week. And he would come back very late Friday night or sometimes early Saturday morning. We would all do church together on Sunday and then he would usually leave for the week. Now, there had to have been a conversation with my parents uh, because I, I remembered the examples of romance in the home were not like Disney at all. And this is not to shame my father that's passed, and this is not to shame my mother that's passed. This is to educate, bring truth, because I imagine that I grew up in a home that's not so different than what you grew up with if you did have two parents. And especially if you are listening to this right now and you have young children and maybe you just gave birth or you have younger children and you survived the pandemic of 2020 where everyone was stuck inside together. 
and you might want to you might want to review this as a parent before allowing your kids to hear it. I'm going to let you decide that. If you're doing drive time university and you have the kids in the back seat, you might want to pause it and listen to something else and listen to this as, as an adult's ears first and decide if you want to move forward. Up until I was five years old, we're going to go back in time in the chronological story, I remembered a lot of violence in the home. And by violence, I mean, as a child, I describe, I describe my memory as violence, um, physical, a lot of yelling, uh, screaming at the top of lungs in fear for child's safety. I remember specifically on the way to church one morning, my father was so angry at my eldest brother that he reached his arm back behind to grab, I think it was his leg, and my mom screeched, and she said, you're gonna break his arm. That's what I remember romance was like growing up. But I knew in my spirit, I knew in my heart that that was not right. I just, I knew it. Now, my father smoked cigarettes. He hid the smoking from my mom for the first couple years of their marriage. When he would be out and doing his sales, regional sales job, he could smoke to relieve the stress and the pressure of the job. Many people that are in sales smoke. I've worked in a variety of in industries. Um, this is not to judge against you, but I'm gonna give you some physiology knowledge bombs, and you might, you might decide you wanna change your opinion of whether or not you wanna keep smoking. Uh, I believe, and my, my middle brother and I had discussed this a few times, we believe that he was detoxing on the weekends because he was hiding the cigarettes from mom, right, his wife. So he's detoxing off the nicotine, which makes him on edge. If you've ever tried to quit smoking before, you know what I'm talking about. Coupled with uh, a child that was their firstborn, that they were still learning how to parent, uh, being extremely defiant, and uh, at, a, at a young age, he was rewarded when he got in trouble. So he had to unlearn some bad patterns that was uh, taught to him at a young age from, from new parents, right? So by the time I'm born, and I'm maybe three years old in that car example that I gave, maybe three, uh, maybe a little bit older. Can't remember if we were going to Tacoma Baptist or if we were going to Life Center. I'm pretty sure we were on the way to either of those, though. I remember we were on Pacific Avenue. Those bits and pieces of my memories um, pop up. And the more grateful I am, the more my memories start to open up. But it's hard to talk about the bad stuff. But I have to be, I have to be real with you guys that are listening because the creator of the universe put this topic on my heart. So I imagine that there's someone that's listening to the show right now that... Maybe you're in 
you're in that situation right now and you're not sure how to make it better. Well, enough of those situations started happening that I believe my mom started speaking up and Rebecca started noticing that I was not speaking. I was the youngest in the family, three kids, and uh, I believe with her wisdom, with her experience growing up in an abusive home, with her father, um, and additionally, she studied school. She went to school for, I think, three years to become a special education teacher, and she learned about child abuse through her programming, and she learned about um, kids that aren't speaking. And I imagine, because my mom was her best friend and I was the daughter of her best friend, that she cared about me. I believe the Creator sent her to me to protect me as an angel because my mom was so meek and quiet. I believe because she had to endure many, many, many years of verbal emotional and psychological abuse from someone that completely controlled their finances. And I say that with a grain of salt that my parents loved each other and it wasn't just bad father, right? My dad worked his tail off to provide for us and they believed that one person should be at home. So, flash forward, I'm not really speaking until about five years old. And my neighbor down the street, um, she was like a pastor's assistant. And I told this story to one of my mentors, Bill, a couple, uh, I think it was last December, he came down and we had a nice chit-chat in one of these nice fancy hotels in the Music City, and and we were talking about it morning. And it was at that conversation, that random happenstance moment where I was at a slumber party for one of my friends, where I was I was singing, because we were all sharing our gifts with each other, or just being silly girls, and I'm singing a song. And her mom comes out and is like, Erin, you've got an incredible voice. And I knew that I could sing, but I didn't know really that other kids didn't have that gift. And she said, would you like to sing at the talent show? And I was like, okay, sure. I didn't really know what I was saying yes to. And if you're listening to this show right now and you don't have kids, but you've got a passion to want to help kids out in your community, and Rebecca was Rebecca was another person, but Penny was, she had children, so I went over to her house because we were having a slumber party with her, her daughter's birthday. But you, even if you don't have kids, you, if you desire to help out, you can have maybe like organize a community babysitting night where all the parents, maybe not all of them, but maybe like four kids that are, you know, not sick, <laughs> can have a fun little evening with you. And parents can, you know, have your phone number. They can Zoom in or they can FaceTime at any time. 
and check in with the kiddos if they don't have smartphones themselves. But most families now, they get their kids' technology devices pretty young, so they could check in with them at any time, whatnot. Uh, but that's what I learned when I was five about our romantic love from the father. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more of what that means. The father, uh, not my father, but well, yes, my father, but <laughs> my spiritual father. So I agreed to sing at a talent show at the church, but I didn't know how many people were going to be there. I didn't, I didn't know what I was saying yes to. My neighbor, I believe, was the conduit of healing grace for my family to bring light and attention onto the family to shift the behavior of the abusers. And boy, did it shift because my performance gained a lot of attention. My first public performance, I was singing in front of 300 people. That might not seem like a lot to you if you've done bigger gigs, but as a five-year-old, it was pretty darn impressive. A week or two later, word started spreading around the adult choir conversations, if you will, and I don't think that my mom was ignoring my gift, but her standards were so high, and I think she also wanted to protect me from being forced into a life of music. Uh, that was something that mom and dad did a really great job of, allowing us to decide what our interests were. Now, I didn't know that I was good at singing, but I knew in my heart how much fun it was. I would sing towards the window in the car if mom would go in the store real quick to get some milk. And my middle brother and I would be singing and he would be directing whatever song we were learning. <laughs> we would do that together or sometimes I would do it by myself. A week or two later, they had auditions for an elite music group for the girls that would sing a part of the Christmas, um, they called it a Christmas tree celebration, something like that, at Life Center and in Tacoma, Washington. There's, they still do it to this day. They've been doing it for a long, long time. They have different, different scenes, different levels of entertainment to, to bring, bring a sense of holiday cheer, to bring the community together and also to give kids and adults an opportunity to utilize their gifts on a stage. And there's probably 3,500 in the audience, maybe give or take. It's a, it's a large auditorium. So I was still five years old and my second live performance was in front of an audience of a few thousand. I got a lot of attention real quick. The abuse that was going on, I had been abused in every way imaginable from my eldest brother. And I'm not angry at him. I, ha I have shared it and I share it. It's a part of my story. Um, I believe he had re received 
abuse and hurting people hurt people um, unless they decide to break the cycle. My middle brother broke the cycle. He never did anything inappropriate to me. Now he was like a brother normally would with any sibling, right? Like a little bit physical sometimes, you know, you wrestle, whatever. But he never did anything sexual against me. He, he broke that cycle for the family. And I'm grateful that he made that decision. And I believe that's why he had favor for many, many years with, yes, he worked, but he had incredible growth and trajectory with his brand. And that's why I will always, always edify my brother because he is my brother and I love him, but because also he had to endure some things in the music industry that he, maybe he'll tell the story, maybe he won't. Uh, that's his business to share. Uh, our job when we are influencers in society is to edify our families. Just like your job if you go to church or you go to work, when you talk about your families, when you talk about your business, when you talk about anything, you're, that's your opportunity to speak love and light about those that you're around. If you talk trash about your family, people are gonna think bad about you. Why would you do that? Why would you waste your energy talking crap, you know? Um, I learned about the romantic love of the father loving and caring for me so deeply that he would send an angel from down the street in the perfect timing to hear me sing, to encourage me to get on stage, to sing and share my gift, my talent. That stopped the abuse because there was so much attention on me because I began to perform and I began to have something to look forward to. And it gave mom a reason to give attention to me instead of being so frustrated at me because I reminded her so much of my father. You have that same ability within you of the romantic love of the father that he cares for your needs, even the ones that you don't know how to speak about or breathe about. Maybe you've been so overwhelmed with everything going on in your life right now that you're feeling like you're swimming, but the water is getting so high up to your neck that you're not sure how long you can tread the water Keep swimming. Do not give up. A few months ago, um, I was driving a Lyft customer. I had picked her up and we were gonna go to, she needed to go to the courthouse. And I had been driving at this point off and on for a Lyft for seven years. I was one of the OGs in the Seattle market. And if you're like, what is an OG? It's like original gangsta. I'm not a gangsta, but it's just like, it's slang for what social media people say. Anyways, so I'm driving her and I've learned 
with having over 2,000 five-star ride experiences from my customers reviewing me. I've learned that I'm good at building rapport swiftly in nine minutes or less. Her ride was probably close to 30 minutes, give or take. In that time period, I learned that she was trying her best to get a court order against the father of her children, and she was going through some real bad stuff. Now, she was on the phone for a little bit of it, having a conversation with a family member or something, um, and then when she got off the phone, I knew my job was to make sure she felt protected and to add another level of social support for her because I could tell she did not have a vehicle if she was getting a ride from me. So something told me to give her my information if she needed help after dropping off her paperwork. And um, I'm glad I did. I gave her my number and she reached out to me shortly thereafter. I'm sitting in a restaurant in the downtown area and I'm actually FaceTiming with my friend, Deborah, who, um, if you saw on August 18th, uh, if you saw the promo post, I wore this pretty blue dress. Deborah sent me that to wear, well, she didn't know that I was gonna pick it, but she sent me that and, and a bunch of really neat items for she's in the yacht industry and, and she was able to get me some pretty much brand new items that some super rich people didn't like someone else had used once or was anyways. So <laughs> she was able to give me some, some items for my new home because she knew that my husband and I are separated and there's some weird political stuff going on. And she was trying to be nice as a friend. So we're FaceTiming. Um, she hadn't at this point given, it, given those things to me yet, but we were checking in on each other and she's asking how I'm doing since the separation. And I'm sharing a little bit with her about what's going on in my world, and, and I'm just full of confusion. Um, I don't know what exactly is going on, um, but I said I might have to pick up this gal. She's going through some domestic stuff with her partner, husband, boyfriend. I'm not sure what his title is, but I said I gave her my number. Something told me to give it to her. She's like, okay, no problem. Well, I, I get the message. I said, hey, she's calling. I got to go. She's like, okay, no problem. Well, between the ride from her house to the courthouse, he had completely shut off her money. She did not have a way to get back home, and he wasn't going to help her get back to their home. And they have children in the home. So she reaches out to me, and I'm like, I'll pick you up. No problem. Where are you at? She's like, I'm down the street at the church, just sitting outside because they're, they're closed because the pandemic. Okay, I picked her up and she is calling. At this point, I think she calls her mom and she's maybe 40, 42 years old. I, it's hard to tell ages uh, for some ladies that have nice skin for me. I didn't ask her also her age. Um, I found out that she works for the airlines and that she had been thinking about ending her life. It has gotten so bad. She has a padlocked door inside the house to protect her from her, the father of her children. He is completely using his power for evil. The father 
the romantic love of the father does not like that, does not desire that for any, any families to go through anything like that. I imagine if you are going through something like that right now, or if you are in fact an abuser, and maybe you're not even aware at how your behavior is negatively impacting your partner. Pay attention. The romantic love of the father is something so pure and desirous of unity. If you're not able to be kind to your partner and you live together, if you cannot keep your hands off of your partner, and I don't mean that in a romantic way, I mean that in a violent way, where you're leaving bruises, scratches, or other means, you might need to separate for a time. During that drive back, she's telling her, I believe it was her mom, mother-in-law, someone, that it has gotten so bad that she, she has She's crying at this point. She has forgotten that she is in the car with me. She has gotten so much trust. That is what happens in my vehicle. It becomes a healing safe space. She is talking about how she has been contemplating ending her life and it was so hard to hear because I could feel, I could sense how authentic her heart was being in that moment. She did not see a way out and so then her friend or family member began to talk her down off the ledge a little bit and she said yeah I can apply I can get a transfer for my job I knew she worked at one of the airlines and she was planning to get transferred I additionally when she hung up the phone I told her I said I don't live close by you but if you need a ride and you're in an emergency situation, I want you to know you can reach out to me. Do you have someone else that you can reach out to? And she said, yeah, I'm gonna move out. That's, I ha that's what I have to do. I don't wanna leave. She, she was going to take her children and move to another state. I said, be careful. I said, that happened to my roommate and she was arrested for kidnapping her children because she did not get permission to take her children to another state. You have to be careful and you have to know the laws because she was, she was thinking, I have to protect my children, which any good parent would do. That is... That is romantic love for your children, like a healthy love for your children. However, in, if you live in the United States, there are laws, I don't know if it's every state, but I knew specifically of two different cases in two different states, so I gave her advice. You might need to separate for a time and get representation to make sure your kids are looked after. She's like, yeah, you're right, you're right. So check in 
on your neighbors. If you suspect abuse is going on in your neighborhood, if you noticed that your kids used to play outside, but now, now they're not going outside anymore. And it's not because it's raining. It's not because it's snowing. It's not because it's whatever weather excuse. You've noticed a shift in conversations or you've heard screams in the home speak up. The romantic love of the father is so pure, full of love, full of light. You might not believe that anyone cares for you right now because there have been so many people that should have cared for you that let you down. I promise you, you are cared for, you are loved. You are protected. I am sensing a need to share a bit of my story of 2020. And it's not something that's comfortable for me because it's still, I'm still in the middle of it. It's an ongoing investigation, but I'll share what I've shared publicly that maybe some people missed social media posts. And I don't share it to bash anyone I share it to bring love and light because when you talk and you communicate as family members, when you talk and communicate as neighbors, as business partners, whoever is in your circle, it's an opportunity for unity, but it's also an opportunity for a spirit of division to cause and and call for lies and separate and poison your circle. I learned that firsthand, not realizing that that was what I had allowed in on my circle in 2020. I had been reached out to earlier. Uh, I don't remember what the time frame was, but I want to say it was late 2019, early 2020, when this particular person first had reached out to me, and I believe was sent through a very rich organization uh, conned their way into, through, through authentic uh, deception, into being a part of the volunteer group for helping to orchestrate an annual event for mental health that I was orchestrating, that the creator of the universe put on my heart to do back in 20. 18. So we were pushing forward to have it be um, in 2020. Initially, they had reached out to volunteer in some capacity to help with fundraising efforts. And then they disappeared for a few months. They, they told me that their husband had uh, abused dragged and hurt them in a very weird text message way. And then, the, and then the message disappeared and I hadn't heard from the person in a few months. Kind of forgot about them because uh, unfortunately I was still learning social media at this point. I had added a few social media apps and 
uh, their conversation was removed out of my phone uh, remotely. Um, looking back, I didn't realize it then, but looking back, that, that's what happened. And then a few months later, they re-entered into the picture, and I believe they, there is a team of people that were having eyes on my brand and my growth, uh, because at this point, my podcast was accelerating pretty swiftly, and there was starting to become uh, some pretty big names and, and or uh, big time leaders responsible for one one particular guest was responsible for 580 hospitals nationwide and in a few other countries and that was one of my guests in the first few months I want to say of having the podcast so uh, when you get momentum going and your brand is growing accelerating if you're an entrepreneur or if you are uh, starting a podcast for your business your brand be careful uh, who wants to volunteer? That actually was advice given to me from one of David Meltzer's uh, group members. They had we had a networking call, and that advice. Looking back, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Uh, but I, I have this gift of seeing the good in people. So I, one of my limitations, is seeing the bad through the good when it's manipulation. And so I have been learning, my husband has been training me in all kinds of things. I believe uh, when that person re-entered the picture, they had changed their story very convincingly to tell me that it wasn't their husband that abused them, it was actually uh, some random hoodlum in the Vegas area had dragged her out of her own vehicle, but she somehow magically hit the record button on her iPhone and got it all on recording. She was trying to protect the reputation of her husband. Um, I believe wholeheartedly is what was going on. And I believe she desired to use the growth of my brand and my wholesome personality and the information because I shared very authentically hard stuff that has has been a part of my family has been a part of me and learning to uh, share need to know information right because it's 2019 2020 I had a smartphone in 2015 so I was a four-year-old or a five-year-old in regards to smart technologies why would you expect a preschooler or a kindergartner to know it all. You wouldn't. So the same thing for adults. Like we're all very new in this space and what's what's possible with the technology. So I am learning about this person and they are very convincing to build a level of morning of trust over time through offering to help. And I believe there were some pockets of goodness within this, this person. I don't believe this person is 100% evil, but I do believe that this person practices some religious practices that desire to harm other people instead of bring people together, love and light. 
And I don't think they would ever admit that publicly, but that was revealed to me through my husband's spiritual knowing and his wisdom. And I trust my husband 100%, no questions, no doubts about it. The romantic love of the father does not need any deception, does not need any confusion. If there is confusion, that is not of the Father. Romantic love is not something that comes easily. And what I mean by that is you might have to give up some things, some behaviors, some people in your life in order to gain more access to the love of the Father. You might not be ready. You might not be ready to drop the lifestyle that you are accustomed to in order to have a better life. Because you might define a better life as having more things and having more trips and having more parties, whatever. The love of the Father is endless. The Father is full There is no lacking when you are with the Father. It might look on this physical realm like you have less than others, like you are less than others. But it does say in the Word that if you desire to become a fool for the Father, <laughs> that is one way to connect to your heavenly being even closer because he will make the wise fools on this earth and the fools will be the ones closer and that might be something confusing you might be like what is she talking about focus on love joy peace Patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Nowhere in those descriptions does it say Buddhist, Christian, Taoist, Hindu, atheist, or any other religious labels that we might have. The love of the Father desires for unity. And I have to give my metal brother credit because um, we had had a conversation a few years ago uh, about uh, different belief systems we were looking into. And uh, he was looking into a cro like a crossbreed religious practice of, of two, um, two traditional uh, popular religions and um, learning 
learning about uh, the, the crossbreed of them, if you will. I don't know how else to explain it. And I have to give him a lot of credit because he does have, he does have a lot of wisdom and things. And sometimes it takes me a little while because I'm, I'm always like my father. I'm stubborn, right? I want to learn it my own way. And he gave me some knowledge bombs about it. And so I do appreciate him bringing that to light. And I hadn't forgotten that conversation we had. Um, there was there was this talk of a new religion that was coming out. This was from the same person that had uh, quote unquote volunteered to be a part of my team and to help coach me and guide me and whatnot. And I believe they're very well connected in the music industry just from the conversations we had had. They spoke about this new religion that was coming forth. And this was right around the time of the presidential elections, right before uh, the voting was happening. And I thought it was interesting they wanted me to join their team, if you will. And I don't get political. I don't. My husband and I do not get political. Now, he does. He is a a veteran. He does work for the government. So he has some jobs that he's assigned to. um, And I have my businesses are spirit-led. Wherever the creator desires for me, that is where I go. Now, a lot of my followers are right-winged. I do not speak on politics, but um, like like what my mother has seen in me, I tend to lean more towards like my father. And my father was definitely a Republican, like hardcore NRA life member. Now he passed away a few years ago. Uh, My mom never spoke, my parents never spoke on politics until after I was out of the house and I'm the youngest, so you know, then they become grandparents and whatnot. They never talked politics because in our home, we we didn't really focus on how our government can help us. My parents taught us at young ages to take responsibility for our own money issues, for our own concerns. I had two jobs as a nine-year-old. I had a paper route that mom and I did together and the brothers had their own routes with her. That was our quality time together and we could make money. And I had a mouse business and then I had a jewelry business. Like my parents didn't give me handouts and they certainly didn't teach me that my government leaders should be paying for whatever. Um, I'm learning through (laughs) growing these businesses without business loans or grants because I've done it on the side of working full-time jobs or part-time jobs and now I'm getting I'm blessed right now with some of my community members helping me uh, to get paid to drive and have little advertising stuff going on so that's like something new I've never experienced before but uh, my my family doesn't get political. 
Now, if you go and you look at my mom's content, she's, you know, she's upper 70s now. So she going to speak her mind because when you get to an age, you don't really have a filter. There's some physiological things that happen. That's an episode for another day. Um, but my uh, mentor, Bill, and I were chatting about this the other day. We, we didn't grow up talking about... I'm definitely a Democrat, or no, I'm definitely a Republican, or I'm Switzerland in the middle. No, we didn't, we didn't talk about those things. So romantic love of the Father, the beautiful thing about that, that romantic, pure love, if you believe it to be so, whatever your faith system title is, whatever your deity label is that you worship or you are meditating on is that it, it brings us all together in peace, in harmony, in love. That is, that is what love is, pure love. And you might have not ever experienced that growing up in the home. Or you might have experienced the polar opposite end of abuse verbal, physical, sexual, whatever, neglect, and then maybe you saw healing take place, like in my family. I saw healing and unity get formed. And I'm so grateful that my parents didn't give up on each other because they could have easily, my mom could have easily left the relationship and either, you know, pursued music full-time because she had a full-ride music scholarship for her master's degree and her undergrad. I'm pretty sure she was, she was on the episode um, actually with my husband not too long ago. So you could review that episode of the history of her. Or you could reach out to her and ask, I'm sure. Although she is not super responsive on social media, but she's getting better. They chose my my father and my mother chose to not give up on each other because they made a commitment to each other through their belief system which comes from the Christian faith um, they came from the non-denominational faith uh, together but their upbringing was different mom was Catholic or came be a uh, group Catholic and dad grew up in the Baptist church the non-denominational is a little bit different. I don't even know how to explain it, and I grew up in the non-denominational for the most part. But my parents also allowed us to experience different kinds of churches and different kinds of religious practices with our friends so that we could gain perspective and respect of other religious belief systems. And I'm very grateful that they allowed us to do that because we live in a nation of all belief systems. People come from all over the world dying to get into the border, right? You don't see a lot of people on a wait list for Bangladesh. And I'm just using that as a random country name. You don't see, hi deer, deer, deer. I'm in nature and I see four deer right now. There's little Bambi next to me. You don't see a wait list out the door for people trying to get in third world countries that are struggling, right? We live in one of the best countries in the world, and some would say it is the best, especially those that are Americans living in our country. Um, 
I haven't lived in other countries, so I can't say it's the best, right? Because I haven't experienced other countries. I've visited the Caribbean with my friend's family. He's, he's retired military over 30 years of service in college. And I visited Mexico on a mission trip. Um, and then I went once with my ex-husband before we, um, like during our engagement process, but um, in Canada for choir trips, of course. <laughs> but um, hi, little dear, what's up? Hi, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'm just on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I see you later. The, the deer here are just like so loving, so pure. Um, anyways, the romantic love of the father desires for peace and harmony. And I'm grateful that the creator brought my husband to my rescue in 2020. So uh, I'll spare you the long story, the short story details. There was a person that I was doing business with, um, had some coaching, received some coaching from them. Also, uh, they were helping to accelerate my brand and we were dating. Big no-no, should keep your work life and your personal life separate, but lesson learned. Uh, this person also had a child that committed suicide and they were extremely passionate about helping me grow and accelerate my brand purpose because of my life mission. Um, they were experiencing extreme mental psychosis during the peak of 2020 and towards the end of the year. And I believe they were remotely hacked into the same time that I was remotely hacked into. Uh, just from the conversations, the two years of waiting and paying attention to behaviors of people, the conversations with my husband and his insight and wisdom, and a lot of deep level prayers with the creator of the universe. Uh, my cybersecurity expert was a guest on my podcast, and he just happened to be one of the top level original cybersecurity professionals of Apple, Microsoft, and at that time worked for a smaller organization, but not small as their director. 1,300 employees, he was the director of IT. He gave me a complimentary scan of my device. He was not going to put his name on paperwork at the beginning of our consultation. He said, now, if you're wanting to go to court, please don't put my name on there. You could just say that, in general, a cybersecurity expert. Um, by the end of the two-hour scan, he said, Aaron, you could put my name on the paperwork. Someone messed with you real bad. I said, it's real bad. He said, oh yeah, it's real bad. You need to go home right now and you need to make sure that all of your passwords are changed, that you transfer all of your data to an external hard drive and reach out to me if you need help. By the time I got home, all of my emails had been locked up. I was not able to change the passwords on anything. It was professionally hacked into. 
I believe they utilized the criminal history of the person I was seeing because he had probably had done some remote hacking and the FBI was on to him at one point. I believe that they had remotely hacked into his materials through overseas people. That is what my cybersecurity expert said. They see often in cases of theft, remote theft, because I had already called Apple three times that year for weird things going on with my technologies, like the Siri button would pop up randomly, listening to my conversations when I didn't type anything. There was no reason for the Siri button to pop up when I did not speak any words. A trillion dollar company didn't know, their team members didn't know that I had spyware hidden deep within my business technology and personal technology because I was a woman working diligently to be mindful of my money and not take business loans out because taking student loans out did not serve me in 2012 when I got laid off of my guaranteed teaching job and had to work five part-time jobs and still could not pay my student loans off. I decided to not take business loans because my country was not financially doing well in 2012 and I didn't know how to start a business and I wasn't gonna take loans out on my own knowing. So I had been diligent in saving and being the best with what I had available. I did not want to buy a new computer. I had my OG computer from graduate school. It stopped turning on. That's when I had to get a new computer. <laughs> I had kept it for a long, long time. Unfortunately, I had created some new offerings. I had uh, done my best to be diligent in 2020 using every minute possible to continue with this mission that the creator of the universe poured on my heart to help empower people in the world to find happiness from within and to ultimately help to end global suicide. It is a life mission and that is why a lot of darkness does not like my mission but I am not alone and that is what I learned in 2020 there were so many people that stepped up to help me and it was literally a miracle story after miracle story but the professional hackers um, tried their best to manipulate our technologies uh, because this particular person that I was seeing unfortunately went into crisis mode when it was right around the anniversary of their son's passing or his birthday, I couldn't remember which, and their mother was pissing them off enough to accelerate them to desire to end her through COVID. And when I could not get her to listen to me, to shift her behavior. I was afraid 
she was going to be killed. And if you don't speak up for things that in your spirit are the right thing to do with the information you have available, you should not be walking on this earth. And I hate to say that so bluntly, but we are called to help other people, to speak up for injustice. And this woman helped me when I was stuck in another state unexpectedly, when I had to get new housing because my housing was no longer safe for me to live in and I financially could not afford to move in the area that I had lived in. And that was right at the peak of the pandemic. I was stuck where I was at and I made the best do of it. I got myself a new job. I had a new temporary address and I was trying my best to be mindful of the businesses that the creator of the universe put on my heart. Romantic love of the father bends and breaks rules in order to protect their children. I don't know how these people stepped in to help me, protect me. Um, I didn't know they were watching the content of Move Happy or how long they had been paying attention to my business. Uh, 2020 was only two years after launching it uh, under the, the name Move Happy. It was under a different name the year prior because I was still learning what to do with my social media game and whatnot. And so two years in, I wasn't even allowed into the preschool yet of social media, of Spark Technologies, and received help from all of these organizations that saw what was going on badly in the state I was stuck in, saw and heard the conversations of the people that were supposed to help me, like the social worker that told me I was wasting resources, or the DA's office that refused to provide me the email address so that I could submit and get copies of my reports because someone had told them that I was mentally insane. Imagine going through cyber attack where people are erasing your content, your emails, your legal documents out of your device and putting in messages and speaking on your behalf and or erasing other messages from people's conversations. The person that I had turned in for a wellness check because he had threatened to kill his mother twice and he had a specific plan at that point that he was actually in action on. I asked for a wellness check of this man that was mentally in crisis. I had the love from the father for this person when I could see 
that he and I were no longer romantically connected because he had stopped saying he loved me for quite a few weeks. And I could see that he was in crisis as a human being to another human being. I had the love of the Father for him. I didn't stop that part of my value system. I requested from the advice of one of my community members to get the wellness check for him. I had not heard of it prior to that advice, but they didn't offer it during the pandemic or they didn't hear me and did the wrong thing. And I believe went in guns ablazing because this was a grown adult man that was threatening to kill his own mother who's an elderly person. They did not provide the mental health wellness check that was requested. And so these people in my community through social media, through the network, through, through conversations behind closed doors, they stepped in to help protect me because they could see, because they have a higher level security clearance to access to things. I don't know all, I don't know who these people were that helped me, but I know the one person that I did get to meet and that was a homeless veteran that just happened to be in the same motel that I was stuck in. And he was homeless because he gave his home away to a family with five kids that were sleeping outside in our own country. And he didn't like that there was a family with children that were sleeping outside. He said, I have this whole home that I don't need. I can sacrifice. That's that's my husband. Now we didn't we didn't date or none of that when we were together. He wanted to. And he paid for my dinner a couple times, but as soon as I realized he was trying to date me, I was like, nope, nope, I'll pay for my own thing because I was grieving the loss of this relationship and trying to figure out how I would never attract someone that would try to kill their own mother ever again. Right? I had to go through that process, that separation process, that healing process. But he knew something within his spirit told him, this is my queen. <laughs> and I'm glad that he gave me a year to figure it out. So 2021, he and I separated at uh, beginning of the year. I helped him get into housing. And uh, he was ticked off that I didn't want to stay with him and marry him so he blew up on purpose and by blew up I just mean he raised his voice he never put his hands on me or anything like that this is the most gentle loving creature to women and children that you will ever meet he knows how to respect women and he taught me how to raise my values as a woman I learned so much in two months with him <laughs> I don't tell all my business of what I learned. He taught me to keep it to myself, EOS. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't start to connect until towards the end of 2021. He reached out out of the blue and called to check in on me. And uh, I was seeing somebody at the time that wasn't, wasn't no good for me was definitely no good for me. But sometimes, you know, like earlier in the story, I said I'm a little stubborn like my father was and got to learn my own lessons. But I got a great song out of that person that I was seeing that I actually debuted on August 18th. 
at our Real Entertainment Therapy Experience 2.0. I got to learn more about this romantic love of the Father even deeper through my veteran hero of 2020. As we got to learn more about each other and had so many aligned values, I'm so extremely grateful that the Father cared enough for me in my most destitute situation. And I was only destitute because of violence and lies from other people. I had a job, I had a paid job. I had gotten when I was stuck in another state of residency. I was paid the equivalent of what teachers would get paid with 12 years experience and a master's degree, hourly rate working with 30 kids, but I worked with one. And my day-to-day -day activities were pretty low stress. Um, but unfortunately, they did not abide by the COVID rules. And when they started traveling when they weren't supposed to, I asked them to get a COVID test before I worked for them again, because they started asking me to do things that were outside of the parameters of what was the law at the time. And I was concerned about my lungs, because I have asthma, and the woman that allowed me to stay with her temporarily that uh, ha has type two diabetes. My income was completely cut off immediately with zero severance, and I had to figure out a way around the wall. Now I created a VIP offering connecting my network. I didn't call it this at the time, but it's my rich, happy therapy offering. And my first one I did for free and we had three different continents represented, including an actress, number one TV show, excuse me, Netflix show of 2019 was in attendance. Now she was late because she got the time zone wrong, but she popped in the last few moments. And those that were a part of the experience got to meet her, got to connect, communicate. And we talked about hope. The second event I charged for, and I didn't know what to charge, so I, just charged an amount that was advised to me to some and I gave some people free tickets because I love bringing people together. I don't I don't need a lot of money. If I if I could bring people together and entertain and be able to create programs and have my own schedule, design my own schedule, that's that's what real loving is for me and that's what my network is helping me to do right now over time and what the father above is helping me to do by up-leveling what I believe is my level of value. I had an opportunity to receive coaching from a family member when I moved across the country. They chose to not be open and help me because they were hurting so bad 
through their transition in life, that their conversations, too many of them were not pleasant. And it was abusing my mind and my spirit and wasting my time. So I focused on growing my brand with my full-time job and I steered away from them. Because when I did ask for help, they made themselves unavailable and they were so irritated with me anytime I asked for anything that I learned that they were not my source of information. And I wasn't mad at them about it. I just knew that they were not open to give support. They didn't want me to be better than them. And that's the sad thing is I don't think I'm better than anybody. I don't think that anybody is better than anybody. I think we all can learn from one another. And I'm excited to have that conversation in a few weeks as a family to talk it out because we haven't talked since we separated before the pandemic. My husband tried to be the peacekeeper and bring a resolution to our household with my family member that refuses to admit that they have done anything negative towards me. But they unfortunately blocked my husband's phone number and refused to own up to any responsibility. So we'll see how that conversation goes as a family. I believe wholeheartedly, and my husband believes as well, that peace and love are where the Creator is present. Darkness is what separates families, is what separates countries, and even separates you from being whole within your body. Disease, destruction, if you find yourself in a conversation with someone that is not respecting you as a human being, you have the right to say, this conversation is not improving, this is not working for me, so we can reconvene at a later date when you're ready to talk respectfully to me. That is your right as a human being. Now, you might not be able to say that to a judge if you're on a court order and things like that. Um, you might want to curb your language a little bit. But you have the right, no matter, no matter what the circumstances are, to be treated with dignity and respect. And if you feel within your spirit that you don't have that strength within you, because maybe you're like my mom and you're really meek, and you don't know how to stand up for yourself, reach out to five friends and ask them, what is it about me? I'm struggling right now, I'm feeling really down. What is it about me that you really appreciate? I'd love some encouragement. And write those things down in your journal and then you speak those things aloud to you. All right, this has been incredibly healing for me. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule, whether you're driving, whether you're exercising, whatever you're doing. We love you, we appreciate you, and we encourage you to learn a little bit more about that romantic love from the Father.
Now, I'm gonna get all of those specific download numbers when I get home or when I get to an internet source on my computer. I'm on my phone right now exercising in the woods, so I don't exactly know what the downloads are, uh, but you can access those anytime, 24-7, at themovehappy.podbean.com. And when we get to 10,000 downloads, that's our first level experience, uh, which is behind the scenes, calling it the Listening Room Experience Contest. And the idea is for you to receive a little bit of love from my family to yours on music that is new, that has not been released publicly. And it's a way for us to say thank you to you for sharing and helping us build this brand around the world. So in order to qualify, you tag us on social media, uh, go on to iTunes, write and write a review. Of course, we encourage five star, but vote however you want to vote. Uh, and just consistently start sharing it with your friends and community members. And once we get to 10,000, that'll be our first level contest. And we'll continue to do ongoing fun little private concert experiences through the listening room competition. Um, I'll be inviting guest musicians as well to join in if they so desire. So this is something fun for you to have access to music before it's released in the world. All right, love you guys so much. Stay tuned, wait a moment, and we'll get those exact downloads for you. Then you can tag on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at The Real Move Happy, T-H-E-R-E-A-L-M-O-V-E-H-A-P-P-Y, on Twitter, Move Happy Team, T-E-A-M, on Snapchat, The Move Happy. On Gitter, there is the Move Happy one. I don't have access to it yet, but working on getting that back access. Um, and there's one for Aaron Nicole Ministries as well. If you're a veteran or first responder, uh, you might want to follow that one. Um, LinkedIn, professional page for Aaron Nicole, per, uh, business page for Move Happy is M O V E dash. H-A-P-P-Y, you'll see the little lavender and gray logo with our circle on there. We are on Twitch as well, Move Happy. Don't do too much on there yet, but we'll probably start doing that once we get more streams of income flowing in. And we love you guys, thank you so much. And wait a second and we'll get the exact downloads. All right, we're at 3638 downloads, guys. Love you so much, and uh, we'll be back on social media as soon as the situation gets corrected. Love you guys.